right as the commissioner of this broadcast because I kick everybody out at any time and mute you. We're not talking about Tua. We're not talking about concussions. We're not talking about any of that because this could go into a whole different podcast. All I will say is I hope he's all right. Uh, and well done for everybody on this podcast picking the Dolphins last week. We've got Teddy Teddy this week going up against the Jets team that are coming off a good win against Atlanta. They've beat the Browns this season and their offense looks rejuvenated. Colm, give me the case for the Dolphins and the Jets this weekend. Who's going to win? Well, I do think at some point we will have to have a discussion about what went on, Michael. Um, let's see when the report comes out because what went on was ridiculous. And I will say that there are very few people asking questions about some of the stuff that went on other than our good friend Paul Papst, who in fairness to him put it to the Dolphins about, mm, you said he had this injury, but then you said he had this injury. Um Interesting times ahead. I think that hangs over the the, the Dolphins. Um, I also uh, spent a season watching Teddy Bridgewater last year. Now he has a much better supporting cast this year in Waddle and in Tyreek Hill, who uh, admitted that the reason he is in the Sunshine State is state taxes. Um, but I I just don't know. It, it is very difficult to get excited about a Teddy Bridgewater-led team. I also, th- I think the the interesting thing in this is it's Salah versus McDaniel. I think that'll be really fascinating because those guys obviously know each other very well. Um, were uh, under Kyle Shannon, kind of went against each other uh, in training all the time, so know um, the way in which each other approaches it. The, the Dolphins absolutely should win this game. They have um, the the talent, um, both in terms of their receivers, in terms of their running game. Um, they have a, a decent defense, even if it's banged up. Their O-line is a little banged up, but you'd still say it's, it's pretty solid. And yet I think that win over the Steelers and the fact that Wilson is back gives the Jets a nice bump. And because there is always a shock in the NFL every single week, I'm going to say... Without rhyme or reason, the Jets win this. Column's right. You, you, Michael, we, we aren't going to get into the concussion story, but it is lingering and it's still going to impact on the team and how much they've been able to put that in the background this week and focus on the game. Um, I spoke to Colin about Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday when we were over at the game and he said Teddy was never winning that game in Cincy, which I thought was a bit unfair, bearing in mind they were driving to win the game at the end and okay, it was an interception, It was he is prone to that. But by and large, from when he came into the game, they, they didn't miss a beat for large press, they did move the ball up and down the field, but unfortunately they left themselves hanging around with field goals instead of punching her in. You had stats on, on this Dolphins team in terms of you know Waddle and Hill, but I'm struggling to know whether that's going to continue to go with, with Teddy there. This Jets defense, with the exception of the, the Bengals game, have played really well this season. Quinn and Williams is a really standout player, would arguably one of the best in the league so far. He's having a great season. They are playing for Salah, and I'm with Colm on this. I think uh, this is probably the biggest game for me the Jets have had in years because what we keep seeing from the Jets is when they have a big win, the following week they've had a letdown game. I picked them a few weeks ago against the Bengals. We thought they'd come on from the win against the Browns, it didn't materialise. If they go 3-2 and two in a division right now, which looks like the page is going to fall away, they will level up with the Dolphins and they, they're going in the right direction and they play in Green Bay next week, so they really have to get themselves at least 3-3. Three three. For me, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's on Sky. Sky have picked a great game to show at 6 o'clock. The Jets will win, find a way to win this Sunday. 
Um, I appreciate we're not going to talk about touring concussion, Michael, but everyone else is uh, because the NFL have suggested they may conclude their investigation by as early as Thursday. So if you're listening to this on I, Thursday, I'm not there may saying be we should news talk about it. I just think we should talk about it on a different podcast. This is a week five preview show. Okay. I, I completely agree we should talk about it. I just don't think, you know, none of us, unless Mark's hiding something, are medical doctors. I think what happened was disgraceful. But we can definitely talk about it on a different podcast. Absolutely. Let's book in a time next week after the thing's released. Sure. Well, well I was Absolutely. just going to share that. I mean, John Harbour has been talking about it. John Harbour said in his time, 40 years coaching in college and NFL, he's never seen anything like it. Uh, Bill Belichick's asked, like, has he ever played players, not played players that were cleared medically to play? And he said, yeah, like I've benched players who I didn't think were capable of playing, even though they've been cleared by medical personnel. Um, so like renowned coaches within the league because they're getting asked about it. Everybody's saying, what would, you, what would you have done? Look, we'll see how the investigation comes out. We'll see what it means in relation to it. But sometimes you have to remember, Mike McDaniel, maybe it's an early lesson in his head coaching career, has to remember that players are always going to want to play. And sometimes you have to take that bigger picture for them, for their benefit, for yeah, everybody involved. Look, coaching-wise, this is a San Francisco matchup again. Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel get reunited this time, however, with their own teams. They are trying to mold their teams very much in the the basis in which they, they've grown in terms of the offensive dynamic of the 49ers, the defensive dynamic of the Jets and Salah and what he's creating there. I said before, um, what the Jets were able to do with Flacco as a backup quarterback and making him look alive again kind of indicated they started to sort out the rest of the team around and maybe that's a good sign for when Zach Wilson returns he returns he drives for foot two very good fourth quarter drives against the Pittsburgh Steelers and looked the most efficient probably he's ever looked uh, on, a, on an NFL football field um, that can't be discounted but for me the Dolphins just have too much too much talent Toby Bridgewater is serviceable it's his back to the, when he did spot relief for Drew Brees when he got injured and kept uh, the Saints on track at various times. That's also why he's there. Probably one of the most valuable backup quarterbacks in the league in that regard. All the weapons are there. Miami will block out the rest of the external noise and criticism and will find a way to manage their divisional rivals. So the Dolphins for me. Bry Bry is completely correct. This is a huge game for the Jets. And um, obviously picking them last week, I was very impressed to see the manner in which they came back and won the game against the Steelers, albeit in terms of what happened at Pittsburgh on the Steelers' side aside. Um, they've really went up a gear, and it's it's a testament to Robert Sala, the Fleur, and the offensive coordinators to giving teams time and giving management time and allowing a team to have a proper rebuild you know, and allowing uh, young guys to come in draft correctly and uh, I think they're definitely on the up Um, they're probably one of the most up and coming teams in the league and it's going to take them another year or two uh, let's see what happens um, it's a couple of co- I mean we, we will and there's been a few comments in the last few minutes even when we're recording this live about concussions and we will discuss it at some point I promise Um, just not tonight I don't have time I think could be here all night. Um, I've been really, really impressed with Brees Hall so far this season, but more so, I was impressed out of the quickness out of the pocket from Zach Wilson last week. Um, it just looks so much more confident, and it's almost as if that injury could have done him in the world of good to sit down for a few weeks, relax, watch how the teams come out this season, and come in after Joe Flacco kept the team at the helm. Like was it nine hundred passing yards in three or four weeks? It's in three weeks. Sorry, it's 
it's unbelievable and fair, fair play to the Jets for being in this position. Mark is correct. Teddy serviceable. The Dolphins will win this game. Uh, the Dolphins have to win this game. They have no excuse. They have the assets at the running back. Sorry, at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. And they've also got the defense to hold up against the New York Jets. It's the New York Jets in New Jersey. The Dolphins have no excuses. The Dolphins will win this game. Have you got a point, uh, Michael? No, no. I was just, I was just thinking. Like, I mean. The Jets are still excited about Zach Wilson, still relatively young quarterback. The Dolphins, obviously, still trying to figure out Tua, but, you know, we're excited about that. It reminds me back in 1983 uh, when the Jets uh, drafted Ken O'Brien above Dan Marino, and they're both very excited about their first-round quarterbacks. And I bring up this segue to talk about 1983 for no other reason other than to wind you up to bring up something from 40 years ago. So that's it. No worries. Um, if you're having trouble watching this on Twitter, we are on YouTube. Just search Irish NFL Show. Can't do anything about that. Uh, okay, we're going to look at the next game, which is the Falcons against the Bucks. And a public apology for me on Friday night, a fair public apology. Um, Tom Brady, you're going through a hard time, mate. Uh, you scored as much touchdowns, passing touchdowns last week as you had the whole season. Uh, fair play to you. 31 points on the offense. Cole Beasley column retires today per source he was banged up and missed home and you know what fair, fair play to him for walking away from tom brady uh forget one reception last week for five yards wishing cole the very best column uh falcons won last week bucks aren't great mario you, you talked about mariota could they pull off a shock here i think this is the most like eh, game of the week genuinely they could. I know that they absolutely could. I mean, look, this is the Falcons side that scored more points than the Dolphins, right? We've talked about the attacking weapons the Dolphins have. They scored more points than the Bengals. They scored more points than the Bucks, And they scored more points than the Chargers, all of whom were kind of highly touted offenses coming into to the season. And they've managed all that without Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts is basically wearing a uniform made entirely of what I'm wearing tonight um, because he just does not seem to uh, feature in Arthur Smith's plans for some reason. Um, and where it'll be interesting to see how, how that develops. He may not play this week. Ordinarily, you would be thinking um, not having a unicorn like him would be an enormous loss. I don't think it'll matter to the way in which they're going to play. Um, so the, this, the, the Falcons absolutely can, and I would not be at all shocked um, if they were to. But um, Tom Brady is trying to avoid um, his, his first three-game losing streak in 20 years. Jeff Darlington was tweeting about this earlier. So um, Brady hasn't lost more than two in a row. Yeah, since 2002, when he lost four in a row, um, way, way back when. It's also the fact that Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons. I'm going to say that doesn't change, but I do think if and uh, when, and I was, we always said, don't bet against Brady, but if the Falcons beat the Bucks and, and they lose, maybe we've entered in a new reality. Maybe maybe there's a glitch in the matrix. Maybe the simulation is broken and maybe we're no longer living in Tom Brady's universe. All will be revealed. 
I feel like we're not allowed to talk about that on this broadcast or anywhere until about 17 years after he retires. It's like whenever, well, actually, I can't say this on a broad, I'll get sacked from every job I have. Brian, who are you going to pick for this game? Um, I think Cordell Patterson is a huge loss for this Falcons offense. He's come together over the past two games and been really efficient, really effective. The game in Seattle, he was brilliant. He was brilliant last week. Um, Mariota has been complimented off him because the run pass option is there for him because everybody's kind of focusing on Cordell Patterson. With the, out of fairness to the Falcons' defense, they stepped up last week, played really well against against what we feel is a really strong running game. But by and large, over the course of the other games, from, say, the first half, say, from early in the third quarter against the Saints, the, the, the defense has been very erratic. DMP has said this is going to be the best defense in the league this season. you got to commend Arthur Smith. I, I only got an opportunity to see his press conference from week one yesterday where he said he's buried us in May. What's the point of me talking about the game? I'll come back and I'll show you. And he has shown them over the past few weeks. They're the kind of team that will win games we don't expect and they'll lose games we don't expect, but I don't see any way, shape or form they're going to win this game on Sunday. Um, the line is eight and a half. That's a fair line. I think the book's got a little bit together in the second half last week a lot of people will say the Chiefs eased off and then out points but we saw a little bit better of an offence Mike Evans had two, two touchdowns I see a strong game for this Bucks offence on Sunday and I think it'll be a comfortable win for the Bucks and they get back on track Yeah um, the the alliance in the First World War Michael was known as the Entente Cordiale between uh, Great Britain France um, Italian and you in? Russia. Um, the uh, the reality is that uh, Tom Brady is starting to get the band back together and to get that uh, Entente Cordial uh, right again. Chris Godwin also returned. He got Mike Evans back from suspension, and hopefully Julio Jones will see the field a little bit. Jones and Goodwin, uh, Godwin, sorry, are both questionable, but. Um, they both played last week. Oh, sorry, Godwin played last week. So hopefully he gets that one, two, three core and therefore can attack the Falcons defense. The reality is the biggest liability on the Bucks last week, um, and the reason they lost the game more than anything, is the defense got eviscerated. And that's something nobody saw coming. Um, to give up 41 points, even against that very dynamic uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense, was the thing that was a shocker more than anything. Um, and it's the thing they need to get right. I think they do get that right. I do think actually overall the Bucks defense is uh, good, and I think they're going to have to rely upon that more than anything. Milestone watch this weekend, I've called it out before, Brady's 55 yards away from reaching 100,000 yards across passing, receiving, and uh, rushing across the regular season and postseason. The first player, obviously, in NFL history to ever reach that mark. So that's something to, I don't know, if it was Peyton Manning, lads, they'd stop the game. They'd put a billboard up. I'm sure they won't do that, but uh, it's a it's a nice little milestone to watch for. And I think the uh, Bucks defense, even more so than the offense, gets back on track and handles the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. I, I expect, actually, Bucks to win this quite comfortably. I don't know maybe 28-3, something like that. Uh, seems like it's a suitable number. I was very impressed with the Falcons' performance last week, and I've been very surprised by how competitive they've been over four weeks in terms of the nfc tom brady will never have a better opportunity for well he won't ha- he won't have one this is it he literally has banked his whole life on this season to get another ring literally tom um so you know the nfc is extremely poor this season he has got players coming back to fitness as column said julio jones 
should be back at some point over the next few weeks. And when you've got Lenny running on the ground, he's already picked up um, over 220 yards so far this season, averaging 56 yards a game. He has not scored a touchdown in four games. He'll score a touchdown tonight. Tonight? He's not playing tonight. He'll score a touchdown on Sunday night. Is that... I actually had to give it... Has Lenny Fournette not scored a rushing touchdown yet this season? That is insane. After four weeks... That's hard to believe. Anyway, shows you how poor the Bucks have been until last week. And even at that, they lost the game. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem here. I think they'll win the game comfortably against the Falcons team, which is not as worse off as we thought. They should be aiming to finish second in this division. Uh, if they can or can't, that's a whole different conversation. But um, it'll be Brady's day on Sunday. They'll march on and uh, we can talk about a different game. Now.